0: Some boys need to invest in some AirPods.
1: <laughs> I can't champ. We, you know we ain't winning win championship money like you. You feel me. I, I can't some people no got right gre-
2: Some people in the group chat got green dots. So like that's that's <laughs> the problem is that some people. Yo, I'm,
1: watch your mouth. Yo, watch your mouth. You talk about me? I got an Android.
2: <laughs> I wasn't gonna rat on anybody, and that is how we start the second episode of the three on one podcast. <laughs> I'm your host Matt Ryan, and I am joined by two of my fellow broadcast brethren he protects the line he's a multi-time a7fl champion coming to you live from a location where we don't have the destination it's big rob fabian how you doing big rob
1: you guys know the vibe what's going on with you
2: matt not much man it's another it's another night another week where we're doing this podcast so i'm doing pretty good and then he's my quarterback he's the man that throws the ball downfield He's Corstradamus. He is Corey Hammond. Corey, how are you and your 9,000 children doing this week?
3: They're all fine. Uh, We're doing great. But it's hard to call me the quarterback of the broadcast when we have our next guest.
2: That is true. Joining us for this episode, he is our guest this week on the 3-on-1 podcast. He is in two seasons in the A7FL, gone from prodigy to champion. From rookie of the year to possibly the MVP, he is the co-MVP of the 2022 A7FL championship game. He's number four in your scorebooks, number one in the hearts of everybody in Trenton, especially Carl Meisner. He's Sterry Codrington. Sterry, welcome to the pod.
0: I appreciate y'all for having me.
1: Nah, nah, we got to address him properly. What's going on, champ? How are you, (laughs) champ? Everything cool, champ? You feel me?
0: I'm already ready for next season.
2: And and that's kind of the energy it felt after that championship game. If you did not see the championship ceremony from the podcast, from the championship game (laughs) where the entire BIC, it felt like a watershed moment for you guys after falling short twice last year to Rob Fabian and the Patterson U uh, this season felt very different. You can feel the change in the league. And I, me and me, Rob and Corey brought it up on the broadcast so much that you definitely changed a lot and grew into the role of being a quarterback. And for people who don't know your story, this is your second season as a starting quarterback, because for college, and I do believe for some portions of high school, you were a secondary player. I was actually looking at your huddle account before the start of the podcast and you can block kicks like a son of a bitch.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, nah, I'm a defensive player. I, uh, I played quarterback in high school, but once I got to college, I switched over, and then I also played overseas. But it wasn't it wasn't too much of an adjustment. It just, you know, seven on seven is a lot different than eleven on eleven, especially with no pads on. So it's really just getting used to the schemes. I feel like once I got used to the schemes, I mean, you've seen what you've seen this season.
2: Certainly have, and Corey can speak to the growth he's seen from you as a quarterback. Uh, he's not going to compliment you too much, um, because that's not what he does. But when he, he, I, you played overseas, you played in Germany, right?
0: Yeah, I played in Germany.
2: What was that like? Like, we, we talk about the A7FL being a different kind of football, being a different kind of experience, a different kind of environment. How does it feel to be playing football in a country where it's not the number one sport? Like, what did that shift feel like for you?
0: Yeah, it was kind of tough because you go out there thinking, I could curse on here, right?
2: Yeah, say whatever the fuck you go,
0: you-, you go out there thinking you're the shit, you know what I mean? You professional player, you this, you that. They paying for your flight, hotel, housing, whatever. But really, it ain't the main sport. You know what I mean? So you go from, especially if you go to a big college or a big high school, you go from thousands of fans to maybe like 2,000, 3,000, 5,000 at a big game. You know what I mean? It's it's a lot different. But, I mean, at the end of the day, it was still football, so I couldn't complain. Now
3: that's that German league where if you're an American player, you almost have to wear the scarlet letter where it says <laughs> A, American. Is that the same yeah. league? Yeah. yeah, I remember I remember when I was 16 I played uh, uh like for the uh against the farm system over there. Uh we were team USA, we beat their team 96 nothing and I was signed an autograph as a 16 year old. But Hold on, no, no wait, Germany... wait.
2: Snow Tribe was the Wait, so you're telling me the Snow Tribe was the German team?
3: Oh, man, no, no, no. Too. What I'm telling you is Yo, is that the, the same coaching staff of the Russell Razorbacks farm team that we played in 2003 is the same coaching staff that uh, unfortunately installed the snow tribe formation. But to be specific, Stary,
4: wow. <laughs> I'm just you thinking.
3: as a football player in Germany, and 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 it's not even like you mentioned. It's not even the main sport. It's not even the main football, right? You have to explain to people if you say, "Oh, I'm a football player," they're like, "Oh, football," and they're like, "No, not that." Um, pills when you're drinking a beer over there, if you're a beer drinker, did you drink it warm or did you make them cool it
0: down for you? No, it really didn't matter. Like, that's one, <laughs> yeah. that's one okay. thing I could say about over there. Like, you could drink beer warm and it's still good. Over here,
3: they call it pills, drink, right? You know they I mean? call it pills.
0: Yeah, it's the pills now. Yeah, uh, it's good stuff. Yeah, no, it's, it's fun over there. I, I definitely recommend if anybody get a chance to go overseas. You know what I mean? It's, it's one, it's football. You're playing a sport you love, but. You traveling, you're getting to see something different. Uh, I feel like that's the biggest thing for me was seeing how they live over there, learning a different language a little bit. It was fun.
2: What was your biggest Hello, you out of some German?
0: Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> I had to give take me classes. Give me nah, I'm cool. <laughs> G- uh,
1: guten, tag. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> guten Tag uh, okay.
4: Guten <laughs> Tag
3: see my, my yeah back then i was 16 and I, I had a little i I found a little german girl she taught me uh how to i love you and then when she told me this is a funny story she told me she was visiting america She i lived in jersey she said yo i'm gonna come meet you uh how far is new jersey from arizona i said i'll see you in a week man <laughs> Let's get back to Terry. Terry, no, hold on, Rob no, been, no, no, been I, known, for, I am the host of this show. On these Rob is famous on these podcasts for for absolutely slandering the BIC wide receiving core, saying that you guys don't even have one wide receiver. Oh, yeah. Now, I That's will I say, say that he is out of his mind.
4: It. Yeah. Number I'm here
3: one. For Number two. Let's 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 be a little bit more specific, though. Other than just saying that you guys have a great core. I'm putting you on the spot. You're gonna hurt somebody's feelings. Rank your top five receivers on the 2022 BIC roster. Go. We're talking this season. The past season, no roster moves based on just performance. I'll give you your your maybe the depth chart would be Shanti Worthy, Kason Campbell, Umar Lewis, Cohen. You fill in the blank. Who are your top five guys?
0: Shit, that's my top four. <laughs> right there. in that order. I mean, put them in order. I mean, I mean, you yeah, no, in that in that order. Real shit in that order. And then and then one of those guys one one of those
3: guys is is hurt. Are you putting in Ciz on or you put in Baby Sab? You put in Ricky Tate. Who's that fifth guy? Uh,
0: yeah, definitely. I mean. It, it depends on the the team we playing, but I mean, if I had to just pick one, I would definitely say Jason. Jason, fast as hell, and you know what I mean. He just creates. All
3: right, Abby all Sav, Sav, you heard him. Ricky Tate, you heard him. I'm quarterback. I need that <laughs> but five, see, look, that, that six, that seven people spot. Sleep, guys, people sleep. People sleep on you guys Ricky already heard from your quarterback? No, nah, I'm just joking. I'm not recruiting anybody. But listen, man, let,
1: I don't think listen. I, I, Ricky is, there's no Ricky way, there's is no
0: tough. Way. He just don't. He don't get a lot of reps out of team because we <laughs> needed him at DP. You,
1: But you gave him him a five-receiver bailout when he only has three, barely three. Yeah, I'm
0: tired of you saying that.
1: You don't – listen, listen. You you can say what you want. Everybody can can say what they want. I was in the booth watching it. I was watching receivers that were stars for you last year dropping passes and clutch time. I was watching other guys not making plays for you. I was watching Ashante Worthy get abused because he's the only person that can catch the ball. And if he's not nah. catching the ball, Sisson could get a little something, and then you taking off. Because I watched less one less of the same odors.
0: people go up top, right. and I heard you in
4: the booth. <laughs> interception. Oh, no. Oh, yeah, no. it
1: looked like an interception. The same I'm person that you say. That, listen, the same non-receiver that's great. non-threat that you're talking about went up top. On okay, man. cool. What so, what Right, that sounds good, but who was your receivers no, in the chip? No, it, it, it happened. It's well, not that it no, sounds no, 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 good. No, it no, no, that sounds good, but answer the question now. Who were your receivers in the chip? Because none of those guys you mentioned, and you literally forgot the main reason why. You feel me? If Ken didn't show up, y'all was in trouble. Because to you who? don't have any receivers. Matt Ken. Riddick. King. Matt, Matt, Riddick. Riddick. Matt Riddick showed up. To give you guys a little bit of a, I mean, not to, <sighs> listen, I'm really, going right, let me bro. relax. Let me relax. Let me no, relax. Yeah,
0: relax. I feel like hold on, hear me out him. Because I
1: don't understand. Hear me out, hear me out, hear oh, me out. I feel like you yourself, of course, you could have got it done. I don't think it's I don't think the receiving core that's,
4: that's is saying that's false. No, 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 no. That's false. You
1: could have got it done. You could have got that's it done. False, and the reason bro. why I'm saying Football, you, probably, I'm bro. not putting listen to what I'm saying, because you're looking at it like I'm saying you by yourself. I'm Word. saying you, with the way your mind works, you would have put it together. and You would have got it done with your team, 100. But when the when the time was when the time came for people's names to get called, we weren't calling any of the names you said, except worthy. You encourage the, the wide line played phenomenal. The defensive line did well, but we're not about to sit here and act like the other four receivers you named were threats in 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 the entire season they weren't threats they need one. if you, you don't tell them that now if you well, don't tell them, them that this now just to
3: break in Rob not to not to take you off this uh, this hot take because I think we're getting a little steamy here and it's just getting warmed up. But what I will it. say is I'll ask you this Terry. We talked about it after the the semifinal game against the Gators when you had a uh a, a must complete situation I feel like two or three times was it not you calling a certain guy on timing routes, whether it was the hook or the ten yard out, as we talked about. And who was that guy that you called his number on those those go to must have plays?
0: You saying in the Gators game?
3: No, in the, in the championship game when you had to, when you had like
0: a oh, third yeah, in eight the championship, and championship, it was going to Riddick.
3: And then and then on the timing routes when you guys were in in third and medium, I remember you throwing a, an out pass to the right. And then in the in the I think it was the third quarter. You're starting to drive, and you you're just getting getting in momentum. You run that nice little hook pattern. Riddick had some of those too, but there was another guy. you going yeah, to was those, another those... Yeah. and that's
0: the person that Rob keeps saying he and had a fan. What's his name? Year, just so for did, the fans had... who to know who,
1: to, who, uh, who the who the one runners in what, the league is. That's what I'm trying to tell KK Rob. Sat, it's like... KK sat with me and told me he didn't. This was not his best year. My thing is, if we're not going to be realist about this, if we're going to sit here and let not tell these guys, hey, y'all need to step it up. We, I know y'all won the chip, but we can't. they targets on y'all back now. Y'all can't come in the same way y'all came in this year. Like KK got to make these clutch catches that he was making year one.
0: Yeah, no, so nah, trust me.
1: If you was on offense,
0: if you was in the huddle, you if you saying? was on our sideline, you would know, bro. Cause I'm, I'm one of the hardest people on everybody. Myself, right? Students. I heard. Like, if you if you ask anybody, bro, like, I'm damn near a drill sergeant when it come to that because I know definitely. That. I, heard I get that. that, but it's like, bro, ain't nobody perfect. You feel me? Like,
1: no, we're not looking. for KK's, he still say
0: that? He, he he still get open. He still cause the matchups. He still fits the system that threat. I need him to fit. Like, and then you keep saying 100%. the thing about Riddick and how Riddick came in. Okay, so boom. That was really, one, that's personal, and two, it's it's, it's systematic, it's smart. It's like, you see, Kels pressed everybody that he go up against. He wasn't pressing Riddick at first. He pressed him one time, he got smoked.
4: He didn't press him
0: for the rest of the game. I needed that. So them 10-yard stop routes, they worked.
1: Right. That's why I said your brain, how you put it together, whether Riddick was there or not, I still think the result would have been the same. But was Kels like,
0: faster or yeah. or the same speed as my other receivers that I would have put in, other than Riddick, he can play the, he can play the, the route different. You see what I'm saying? Right. It, it, it was a right. lot of shit that was going into it. But again, bro, we go back to it. Let's go to the divisional game. It didn't matter who you put on Moot. He was no, open. No, it don't matter. Yeah, it doesn't we matter. were coming up with certain plays, certain things to get him open. We was running a one-receiver system. I was throwing the ball to the tight ends a little bit more. We was handing the ball off a little bit more. We had to beat them three different ways. That's why the shit looked the way it looked. Everybody keeps saying, oh, yeah, it's hard to beat a team twice. Bro, it's hard as hell to beat a team three times, and it's hard as hell to come up with a good game plan against a great team.
3: Right. Right. Well, for to you, for to you, i uh, say it was hard to beat you guys once because they didn't um, even even though they had the three opportunities. But let me just put this out for Rob, because I, I do understand his point and he is very passionate about it. I don't agree with him at all. Um, as a quarterback, I would love to have those types of options. And like I said, uh, those guys that he left out of his top five. You know, find me, find my DMs, wherever I'm going, you're invited, he's anyway. He's,
1: he's selling himself.
3: For real, but for real, though. Like. Yo, well, I got a platform I'm trying to play. But, but here's the thing, I got a question for Rob. Because I know. I got a question for Rob, and then Stare, leave. you back me up. Rob, you talk about these two guys all the time, and I think these are two of the top receivers that that you you absolutely hate but have the talent level that if they – if they meet, met the expectations that you have for them, they might be the one of the better, if not the best, in the league. Who do you take if you get one option at these two guys? Do you take Caseon Campbell from BIC or Ant Mo from Rare Breed, Rob? K-son
1: mm. Campbell? Are you kidding? That's not it. What kind of question? That was a but you you you, me, you you rag on like both of these Baltimore. guys equally, right? So no. See, the thing is with Case, a different level of rag. With Caseon, okay. with KK. I know his level, and I know he didn't play to his level. That's I'm just holding him to the standard that I know he can play at, which is something I'm pretty sure Steri does. So he understands me on that point. But because I'm not, you know, I'm, saying, I'm not on the team. I'm not the quarterback. I'm not the coach. It sounds a little different coming from a broadcast guy, and I can respect that. With Ant Mo, Ant Mo, the only reason why I say anything about Ant Mo is because Ant Mo said he was an MVP caliber receiver. I'm not gonna forget right, that you said that. that. Last year. He said that last year, so that you again, people talk and think people are gonna forget. The target is on your back because you opened your mouth. Aunt Mo is like six three, six four, dropping bombs at the cor- at the end of the like corner of the end zone. Are you kidding me? No, like you gotta step up to whatever you you speak it into existence, right? If you claim you're that guy, you gotta show it. And I'm gonna I'm expecting that performance from you every time you come out. And it's not about perfection. It's about playing to the standard. You you think, you think Ashanti plays perfect every game? No, but it, he still lives up to his standard of play every game. Steri is not perfect, no, but Steri plays up to his standards every game. I, I haven't seen Steri play a game underneath what I expect Steri to do. I can't say win or lo- lose. The only, the eye only eye game eye, so. Stary
3: struggled was the first three quarters against the Renegades because that defensive line is crazy. It's crazy, and I I found yeah, that. Yeah, I want to
0: play. I want to play them bad as hell.
3: Yeah, you get you another shot. Back, but I'll
4: say this: I'll say this,
3: Derek. You guys played. You guys played the rare breed. Now we're going to talk more about BIC than some of the other teams in, in in the A7FL with you. But you played them week one when when their offense stepped on the field. Who was the one guy that kind of gave your defense a little bit of a problem? Because I don't remember it being Tony Totep.
0: <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Ammo. He took the. I mean, I I ain't coming at Ammo. He good, but took yeah. three. Oh, so, rough. I mean, that's, I think I think design. the point
3: w- – w- I, I might be able to end my point here is that for for a guy that has 100% touchdown ratio in Rob because he's only had a couple of tens uh, at, at him as a receiver, a couple of touchdowns because he converts all the time, he,
1: he <laughs> gives these wide receivers a hard time, doesn't he? <laughs> I,
0: dropped,
1: I dropped a few passes. I ain't going to lie. I, it's on camera.
4: <laughs> Man, it's, it play it play, was on mean? camera.
3: But the film has been conveniently lost, Rob. You don't have to tell anybody. Nobody's I mean, listening. I mean, there, are
1: some, there are some good players in the league, and I don't rag. It's like I, I'm, I'm almost on like a – like I get passionate about it. I'm like, yo, why y'all leaving Steri? Again, this is – I'm a broadcast guy. It sounds crazier coming from me. Why y'all leaving Steri on an island? Like Steri's not by himself. Somebody else got to step up. It can't always be the same two guys. And then Courage shows up, and it's like, okay, cool. There's some relief. Like, come on, like get these guys going. The old line shows up. I right, cool. I'm I'm good. Cause I just don't think it's right. And I don't think these guys, you know what I'm saying? They're on a high horse. They're winning. Don't get lax, you feel me? Don't get Sterry sacked for nothing because of a miscue or uh, motherfuckers not paying attention to what route he asks you to run and shit. Like it gets like that for me. Cause I'm like, I'm seeing that. And when Sterry takes like an unnecessary sack or you know what I'm saying like guys are running into each other or something silly happens like I kind of I, I gotta judge them on that well
2: honestly. Rob like, just just to take a look at it from the outsider perspective you guys have played in the league I look like I should be coaching a defensive back somewhere in a small college in the Antarctic but when it comes to this BIC core when it comes to this offense Sterry's second year, Ashante's third season, Kason Campbell in his second season. These are guys with not, you know, a lot of energy, a lot of youth, and a lot of talent. And if they're this good two backs. years in, and if they're able to play more together, if they're able to continue to grow together, if you have that veteran leadership with a CP3, with a Courage Mosey, the guys that are able to teach them, and Carl doing whatever it is Carl does. We, we, we're we still figuring that out at the laboratory. Uh, I've got a couple of guys on it uh Rocco and Zach.
1: Carl, Carl does a lot. Carl does a lot. I'm kidding. I, I
2: love Carl. Carl I love Carl. A lot. Carl,
3: is- <laughs> Carl prays harder than anyone in the Oh, <laughs> certainly. <laughs> but,
2: but when you're looking at that, Steri, and you know... Kaysan, Sisson, Ricky Tate, his first year in the league. You have have all of these players, a lot of them, on the rookie of the year list that we're going to get to in just a minute. Some really interesting names there, and a lot of guys in blue and white uh, on that list. But how excited as a leader on this team, because you've grown into the leader on offense, how excited does that make you feel? And also knowing on the other side of the ball – You have a bunch of psychopaths who are also in their first or second season.
1: Facts.
0: It uh, it made me feel good. I mean, it just backed me up with what I told Rob. Like, it's going to be our shit for the next couple years. We wasn't playing. Like, I mean, you know, our team was good last year, but what we were saying last year is we had a whole bunch of athletes. We didn't have a team. Now we got a family. Right. what I was telling Rob last year on the other podcast, like kicking it outside of football, having a little cookouts, you know what I mean, watching film together, like we doing all of that now. We ain't practicing yet, but we're gonna get there. And yeah, letting everybody know we won the whole trip. No practice.
3: Well, when you guys when you guys run the table, you go you go undefeated. You beat the 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 three-time, four-time. You know, you ask the right people, you get the wrong answers. Defending champions in the youth three times in one season. All of them relatively close games, but at times it felt handed. You have young young guys on your team, rookies that excelled. You guys are are, are facing uh, an 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 adversary, an adversary, excuse me, in success that to quote Bain when he's talking to Batman in the Dark Knight Rises, victory defeated you, Batman, he says, right? Now, what are you guys going to do to remain hungry as young, as good, and as dominant as you were this season? If you ask K-Wack, right. he said this is the best A7 NFL team of all time. What is it that you guys are going to have to do to keep that edge so that you can stay on the mountaintop when it's a lot easier, even though it's hard? A lot easier to climb than it is to stay on top, as we saw from what the U were able to do this year.
0: I mean, really, it's going to come down to, you know, those, those experienced people that you were saying before. But, you know, it's a lot of people you left out. But Herschel, main one, you know, Big Zoe, Kenny, all these other people to keep the younger guys. And, I mean, I don't want to consider myself young. I'm 28. So I mean, I would I wish I was one of your bro. Guys. Bro,
1: that's, kinda with, with young, that's, that's kind of young with all. Young,
0: young compared to y'all. Yeah, yeah, but
1: definitely
0: not I mean? like,
3: like, us. What you trying to say, bro?
0: <laughs> we you know we trying to we say I got gray, gray hair
3: and I, I'm slow as hell.
0: Because it's Man, true. Yes, that's what I'm saying. So <laughs> I'm hurt. But nah, it's just <laughs> we we gotta we got an idea what it takes. You know what I mean? And, and like I say, we are already ready for next year. We we want to play the best teams. Like, we're not ducking it. We already knew coming into this year that we was going to have the best teams on the schedule. You know what I mean? And hopefully with the chemistry, it's just going to get better. Like, I don't really see, not to sound cocky, but I don't really see any team having it for us. Like, k always say it come down to matchups. It really do. Like, if you Facts, watch film true. for real, every team that we play, we do something different because it's the matchups. No matter who we play, something is different. It might look the same, but we're going to switch it up just based on what, who we going against. And I feel like that's the reason why nobody could beat us. And if we do what we did last year in the offseason, which we already started, it ain't going to be nobody to beat us. We just we got to keep getting better at, you know, the the little i say our depth chart, you know, spots that we need to fill. But we got a whole bunch of young guys playing both ways that are that's willing to play both ways. That's the biggest thing. Like Trey, KK, another one. Like KK, KK, one of the best corners in the league. We just, you know, I mean, we we got him on offense, but we're gonna see next year. Uh,
2: talking Trey about
1: was
0: phenomenal. Yeah, Trey's a dog.
2: Yeah, Trey Cohen is was
1: phenomenal. Special teams.
2: One of my favorites to watch from this past season, just his infectious ability on the field. And also, the, the flips. I wanted to ask you about that, Sterry. I wanted to ask you about the highlight. What everybody has seen, you know, millions of views on SportsCenter, millions of views on Overtime. What, oh, yeah, I'm
0: you, glad you asked me this.
2: What... We all know if you're new to the league and you've not seen the great rivalry, the upcoming audio documentary, y'all done fucked up now, (laughs) the story of Vegas versus everybody. (laughs) And also Derek Duncan will be our guest next week on the show. The division owner of A7FL Nevada uh, will be joining us, and I'm excited for the conversation with him. He is one of the great examples of owners here in the A7FL, and if you want to own a division in the A7FL, you can go into the show notes of this episode and figure out how you can uh, try to lure Terry Codrington away to a far exotic land like Dubuque, or maybe somewhere in Connecticut, but uh, you can go to a7fl.com slash owners, but that I, I need to know the mindset for the BIC heading into that game. We did Twitter spaces with both sides. We heard from courage. We heard from uh, Curtis Jones, the and also the coach of the Vegas force who was very, very, very excited to to play against you guys and a lot? They they said they were going to put some points on you, and Bro, then the them. play happens. Talk me through that week and talk me through that play.
0: Well, I go go even before that. So with us or with me, because I say I call the plays, but with us, we don't go out there really trying to embarrass teams. Like we try to win. And if it just so happened that we went by 50, it is what it is. But when we was playing Snow Trap, we was up by 50 already at half. You know what I mean? Now it's time to rotate people in and this and that. But they were still talking as if they was down by seven or that. They was up by seven. You know what I mean? So then we had to make a statement now. Fast forward to 80 <laughs> with Then uh, with the Vegas team, right, we up on them like 20-something, six, right? Mm-hmm. Or maybe 20-something, nothing, whatever. It was, 20, it was 26 gonna...
3: nothing the moment it was, yeah it
0: was 26 in. yeah so we get to a little argument at halftime and they chatting just like they was online you know what i mean and then so we like i bring everybody in i'm like yo i don't give a fuck where everybody at when it happened you could be in the bathroom as soon as you hear bic score we all run into the to the end zone and we doing it and because Jason had some family stuff going on, you know what I mean? And he was the first one to do the the celebration. So it was half the get bro, <laughs> you know what I mean, his salute and half to be like, fuck y'all. This our shit. This how you are supposed to do it. So that's what that was. But we weren't gonna run the score up on them, but they just couldn't stop talking. Like we be out there trying to be respectful. I mean we talk our shit. Everybody talk their shit when they play football, but they just they was talking too much. Like
3: Well, we all know, know how serious your team Kenny Stansbury it specifically takes the Brothers in Christ uh moniker and and how you know reverent at times, especially Kenny, like I said, can be on the field. And obviously I'm being sarcastic. <laughs> but I will say this what opened and what retreated faster? Corners trying to cover Ashanti Worthy? Or get ready for this run, Rob, you're gonna hate me. Or I my am, man shown. Sure or my man, Pac-Man Jones hairline. What, what, ran further back? Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah, you're a demon, son. Yes. Yes. Nice. You're a demon. <laughs> what,
3: what is the better backpedal? You just <laughs> run, yeah.
2: in the street.
4: Real shit. <laughs> like, yo, the had shots games, that are being taken. Ha ha!
1: Oh. <laughs> He got a 65 inch on his forehead.
3: I'm dead. Mm, bro. Yo, Thank honestly, you. I love okay. I love so all the pack, of the West man, Coast man. guys out there. And just so you know, the more I rag on you, the more I respect your game. Ask all of Maryland and how much they love me. I'm rent-free in their hearts, but let, let me go with a back pedal on the five head. I mean, they are, they are they also they had the number five, not just number seven, but we can get into we can get into the real. <laughs> competition the next the next opportunity you guys had at a game you guys were so excited to whip out those red jerseys <laughs> I'm gonna ask you are you finally done as a team as an organization BIC are you guys finally done trying this red jersey thing
0: negative we negative this, uh, oh next God.
1: I'm the play by play guy and I know those are yeah, cursed hey, this bro, is they fire. were so amazing they were amazing bro they one of the best jerseys I've ever seen in my life. I'm not gonna lie to you. Everything about those jerseys were perfect. I like what they well, stood for, but yeah, Terry, yeah, Terry.
0: For whatever reason, I'll give y'all another story since you filming. We here. That's why we like, do it. My fuckers was so worried about them jerseys leading up to that game. <laughs> it was like, tell was me like about they, it. Like, like, all right, you know how you say you don't want us to get too excited. We already won, but there's a tip yeah. on our shoulder or there's a target on our back. That's pretty much right. how a couple of people on our team was treating the Gators. You feel me? Like,
4: mm-hmm.
0: I already knew what was up with them. They always come with a game plan that, then, if you use that game plan with a couple better pieces, you know, you fuck around and win. We done did that in the past before. I ain't gonna say too much, but they can, they, right. they know what they're doing. So I always took them serious. But there's a lot of people that was just worried about the jersey. They, what, what, uh, with lowers we wearing, white, black, this color, red, when we bringing the jerseys out, it was motherfuckers at the stadium, like, yo, we should put on this jersey pre-game and then break the jerseys out at this time. It's like, yo, it's, it's game day, like, get ready for the game.
1: That's the curse. That's the That's curse really the what that was. That's the red jerseys, But, man, bad.
0: they already out. Motherfuckers know what they look like. It's up now. We're still wearing them. Yeah, of course, of course. It's just something about <laughs>
3: those Rams, whip, him, whip them out for, you know, the next time you guys are getting at, uh, excuse me, Snow Tribe, and then it'll all work yeah. it out. might. You're going to need to, like, stage them right no
2: matter what before the games now. Like, <laughs>
3: <laughs> all right, Rob, that was an absolute pause, but nobody else was thinking about that. I think your mind's in the gutter.
2: Man,
0: we'll see when they play back in the, the pod. They're going to be like, I'm They're going to be good.
1: They going to be all
3: right, yeah I believe that let's, let's build on that. Let's build on that cuz you know the I'm, game Sterry. You insane. obviously Well, let's just build Rather on, on just the overall, the overall I hate view. Snow oh, I'm
1: the only one on the pod that likes Snow Tribe. <laughs> Everybody else beats You don't even them. like
3: Snow Tribe.
1: You I said if like they Snow had Tribe. a quarterback
3: but that They'd like, be pretty good. That's like the saying if the Jets if the Jets have a good organization then they'll be, successful. Right, be pretty oh, good.
2: Hold on. I'll put an end to it right now. Sterry says with a quarter, a starting quarterback, snow tribe would be good. Rob Fabian says that I'm inclined to agree with them. Corey Hammond during this off season, I would like to openly advocate and negotiate. for <laughs> so you to join The railway snow tribe. I am acting as your agent. This is a notice to the snow tribe. I'm, I'm on camera right now. I am acting as Corey Hammond's agent between now today when we are taping this podcast on August 2nd. uh, Just say August 3rd from 9 a.m. August 3rd, 2022, up until opening day of the A7FL season. I am acting as Corey Hammond's agent. I am opening negotiations with the Snow Tribe. So please DM us.
3: And listen, and listen, this is what I'll say. Matt, you're – I, I'm literally the worst client you could ever have because I will ask this nice. to not. I will ask this to not only the people that we're speaking to, but everybody listening at home. Yes or no? Is Corey Hammond the player petty?
1: <laughs> very petty, and very. this is a waste of time because he's but, going but to come. But here's Clemson another next thing. Yeah, I, yes or no? Yes or no? You are
3: very petty. was my beef. Was my beef with John Kessler so so? valid so like so real that we had to apologize to each other after i came back in the fourth quarter with a last minute drive and beat them in the play-in game of the playoffs do you think that the joker john kessler would advocate for me on his roster with all of the disparaging things that i've said of of him
2: i feel like man
0: if he want to win
2: yeah, if he wants to win. Uh, but that's
3: the thing. No, I, I, he, he don't I'm win. not saying that I'm a free agent, but I will say to Dawkins, the guy, the Buffalo Bill that runs the Snow Tribe, my DMs are always open. I will never say <laughs> no until I hear a full full conversation. Have I have mercy. every jersey in league yo, as much. Listen. That's why I'm talking to the Gators. Right now, I'm talking. No, I'm just joking. Uh, you, know
2: what, anyway. you know what? I've heard rumors that Boston's in the league next year. That we will officially have a Boston team. I am opening it to Boston. I am opening it up to Cincinnati. I'm even opening it up to any new division that comes in to the A7FL. I will negotiate Corey Hammond to start for you. He is. This is not. This is full blown Madden negotiations. He will start for your team at least sixty percent of your games, including opening and final se- final week of the season. Mm-hmm. He gets a nice hat and everything else we negotiate. I feel like I feel like I've done my job here as the host of the podcast. So,
1: yo, Corey is trash. Stop selling that boy to these teams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got we got an actually good
3: quarterback on the pod we don't need to we don't need oh, to try to sell me part of my
2: long game with a
3: bag because... of balls to the boston bean town baked beans what? <laughs> what what's the boston team called the, the, the
2: beans yes
3: the the red gloves
2: the red claws I the boston red claws to
1: this pod. And hear you say a bag of balls out of context. is just going to sound crazy.
2: But you got it, Corey. No. Go ahead, man. And also shout out to the A7FL <laughs> Reddit that we found out about this. <laughs>
1: Rob, we're eviscerating each
3: other today. Let's keep it going.
2: I actually do have a question. I, I want to shout out to the people that answered us on the A7FL Instagram page. If you aren't following us on the Instagram, it is at A7FL. It is at A7FL. You can find out <laughs> in the show notes. And we're dropping these questions. On Tuesday, first question is uh, for you, Sterry. What do you listen to before the games?
0: I oh, I listen to uh, I listen to Rod Wave before the games all season. Only Rod Wave hmm. for every game. Yeah, and I come out like that. This
2: man, choose violence. Uh, this one coming in. It's a double question. And I think this is for all of us. How many chips do you think the BIC can win? And why did you do that? (laughs) Why did you do that? Go ahead, K-Wack.
1: Go ahead, K-Wack. I'll answer it first, right? They mean how many chips after this one? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to be very honest. I think they have two more before the league has to figure something out. Two. I say two. I
3: set the I set the over-under at two and a half. And depending on how long Sterry is able to continue to show up to a league that he's dominating without potentially either looking somewhere else or getting bored, I say over. Sterry, I, I felt that after watching your performance, the first time you guys matched up against the U this season, in which one of the t- – top defenses in the league regardless of who the personnel is because the U is is a brand that has earned the right to be revered right when they when they told you to your face in as blatant a way as a defense can beat us in the air and you said sure try this on for size and i think you completed Closer to 80% than 40% of your passes that day. Now, I don't have the stats on me. That's not, it's not a statistical thing. It's more of a feel thing. You dominated the you in the air that day, and they had to adjust. And instead of letting you throw, they had to bring a little bit of more of a, a pressure type defense because they really thought that you couldn't do it. And you proved not only to the you, but I think to the entire A7FL and all of their fans that you were more than just the air quotes running got, running back with an arm that some guys tried to make the claim in the Gators win
1: That's in the Final insane. Four in 2021. That's so, insane.
3: So for for from oh, that yeah. from that moment on, Steri, I've said that you are. And, and Matt said that he thought that I was going to disparage your game on the, on this show. Apparently not. Your arm and your legs, that, that dynamic duo in, in equal parts dangerous is going to be the the formula for these teams coming in. And I, I think there's other guys that are trying to emulate that. The only one that's pretty much close is Mark Bagway. And then obviously you're kind of following the footsteps of Huff, which is already at that level.
1: Uh, uh, I mean, Huff is not I the same speed, though. No, but there's a separation. There's Steri, I mean, that's recency Bagway, bias. Huff, and then there's... No, no, no. There's Sterry Bagway. Huff has and been Bagway, doing these
3: things for, then, for seven years. Not,
1: right? not like that. I'm, I'm saying there's a separation. There's two types of quarterbacks right now. Sterry Bagway, and then Huff. um, Huff and... Why am At- I some, that's an extreme
3: recency bias. Because M- 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 I, no, no, I think, nah. think no Sterry would be the first person to tell you that Huff may not have played this season on the same level that Sterry did, but was only like a half of a tick down.
1: No, no, no. I don't think you understand what I'm saying. I'm not saying that Huff is like number two. I'm saying there's two different types of I quarterbacks will, forming. I will agree
3: that when Huff gets into open field, there's, he's looking to. He's not looking to go into fifth gear, 175 miles an hour in a, in a GTI Turbo, scoring you know, in an instant. He's kind of looking to like almost like dish it off like a point guard in a fast break. But I mean, right.
4: the, the ability to I'm do saying.
1: both is not what I'm my They both can, they like, that's what I'm saying. They're two, they're still two different types because Huff is, there's certain things Huff is, is looking for, Sterry's not looking for. Sterry can take it 60, 70 yards in one shot. Huff would give you forty to fifty, run out of bounds. Like it's still not the same, and that's the same with. Yeah, Roqueen no, I agree Chaney. with
0: you, Rob.
1: Yeah, it's the same thing, Roquin Cheney, and then you got your guy Mark Bagway. Basically, if Sterry felt like it, he could take the game, put it in his back pocket, and take it all the way over. He can throw and run it for the, you know, for the whole game if he felt like it. Same thing Bagway did. But again, you got a guy like Roquin Cheney and a guy like Huff. They do it more cerebral. They try to trick you. You know, say it's more trickery on that side versus what. Sterry and Bagway are doing. That's what I'm. That's why I'm separating the group. Where I'm gonna see. I feel like I'm gonna see more Sterry kind of quarterbacks and more Huff kind of quarterbacks. But I just don't. I don't think those two guys are the same at all. At yeah. All. So
3: Especially coming, coming from a place where. It's coming from a place where me and Mark Diggs are just stuck in that pocket. I mean, I guess that there's, there's the different levels of speed with the Steri and the right. Huff. But I'm still looking at guys flying down the field and wishing that I could be half as fast. So, Steri, no, keep it up. So <laughs> Huff, keep it up. But, uh, hey, man, I'll say this, though there's a lot of catching up to do that the rest of the A7FL has to do because we saw some of the top teams come in. And even though the U only lost by a couple of points in all of their games, I think we could all agree at times it felt like BIC was a a much more dominant performance in those wins, even though two of them ended up as only two-point wins. But I think one of the, the biggest drawbacks to some of the success in this league and we kind of mentioned it before, is it's really hard to stay on top because what you're going to be asking your guys to do is not get full of themselves. So what is one thing that, as a leader of the team, that you can say, I need to work on this for your game to improve so you could set the example for the guys that are underneath you and following you?
0: It Really, would just be focusing on keeping my composure. I mean... I think I do a good job of it, but it's still a lot of different times where, you know what I mean, I let certain shit get to me, and I feel like it kind of fall on the team. But this whole winning thing is really not – it ain't going to get to us as much as everybody thinks. And, again, this going to sound cocky, but, like, we already knew this. Like, if if I could go screenshot how we was talking in the chat, like, week one, y'all would think we was crazy. <laughs> Like, and we showed up week one against Rare Breed with no defense. As we would say, you feel me? Like, y'all didn't see a variety. you didn't see a lot of people. Like, we knew what it was. It was just we had to get there first. We still had to put in the work. We knew what we could do. We knew what it was going to look like, but we had to put in the work. You know what I mean? So, us actually winning it, it's really just making us hungrier because we want to be this is really why everybody say little bro, Brick bro with the U because we're still chasing them at the end of the day. They got the, they got the chips that we, you know what I mean, the, or the dynasty that we trying to get. So, this, What was more hungry.
3: important to your championship run this year? The heartbreaking loss in the championship last year or finally getting over the hump and beating the U in the, head, the heads-up matchups? What was more important to your, your guys' psyche On your championship drive for 2022, the loss or
0: the or the eventual victories. I really, I think it was both losses because I think with the first loss, it was more like even people on my team like, "Oh, you're not scary. Actually, good." You know what I mean? Like it was still some questions, like the teams that I was playing against in the competition and this and that, and everybody wanted to see how I was going to do against you. You know what I mean? Everybody wanted to see how I was going to do against the Gators and everything. So I feel like with those performances, even though we lost, I feel like everybody on the team kind of bought into the fact that we could actually do it. And I mean... You
1: made a statement.
0: Us having to play them three times this season was really just a test. Like, yeah, we could do it, but can we do it two times, three times? Can we do it when it matters? So that's all that was. I mean, I'm really not tripping like... I feel like they not as good as they was last year. So yeah, it it was a win, you know what I mean? But it don't I mean as what? much as it would have meant if we'd have beat them last year. I mean, yeah, you was you was there, you was straight, but <laughs> nah,
1: nah, I don't I'm, know. Trolling, I'm trolling,
0: I'm trolling. I'm trolling. <laughs> it was just a vibe, like it, they was arguing with each other and everything this year. I, like, mean, I don't know, it just seems
1: Sterry, me and you spoke um off the record a few times. You know we could keep those private, but we spoke on the record a few times as well. Where I told you, like after even even after we won in in twenty twenty one, right? When I gave you a hug, bro, and I said, you know, good game. I said, bro, keep the team together, and y'all got it because I felt it. I felt it in the middle of that game. I was like, damn, like this is it, like this is the changeover, this is the last time I'll be able to win a championship on a veteran team, like it's over. Because Sterry and these young guys are coming and they're not playing with nobody. And I felt that shit in the middle of the championship game that I actually won. And I'm looking at the sideline, I'm like, yo, these kids, I, I called y'all kids in that moment. I'm like, yo, these kids aren't backing down. These ain't fucking kids, they're not playing. Like y'all had no fear. Y'all were losing, had no fear. Y'all went up, had no fear. Um. Shit went bad for y'all, y'all had no fear. Shit went good for y'all, y'all had no fear. There was no fear. And I said, damn, if this same team comes back next year, and I'm pretty sure Ken- Kenny's a genius, and you guys have friends out the wazoo, I'm pretty sure you guys can add a few pieces. But if this same team comes back next year, I'm, I'm happy that I retired because I don't want any smoke with that team. <laughs> I, I want nothing to do with that team. My old ass knees and ankles can't deal with that. What the fuck do you think I would have did with a variety this year? Nothing. I would've got cooked, too. I might have been able to outsmart some shit, but Variety would've cooked my ass, too. So Yeah, I went
0: out and he, got him for you.
1: I, I bet the hell you did. I bet the hell you did. And guess what Big Rob did? Where's that retire button? And I'm, I'm, I'm walking out with a chip. So it, it was like, Sisson.
2: As soon as the Verardi signal went up in the air, my phone blew up. A and big a
1: Rod chip. took off. Hey, man. So I said, Sisson, too. Sisson shook my hand and said, Hey, bro, I'm retiring with a chip. I said, As you fucking should, King. And that's it. Be done. Yeah, but no, he coming
0: back. Really? Oh, he's,
1: yeah, a he coming, back. he's coming back. He wants to talk. Yeah, nah, you up, can't. And then
0: you can't just one and done. You can't done. go one, one and
1: done. You can't do one and done. And that, no, I not think,
2: and I think next disaster. year is going to be the most interesting challenge for a defending champion in A7FL history, To to be completely honest, because with the rise of new cities, the rise of potential more co- cross-country games in the regular season, and these other divisions picking up the game, the fact that Tampa was as good as they were this season in their second season in the league, And you have competition growing there, Ohio and Kentucky showing out. We're going to have Boston next year, and it'll be interesting to see who goes on that Boston team. DC might be able to reload. I trust Vegas and LA, not liking what happened in the postseason, and they're going to come back reloaded. Do you guys feel, and Sterry, I want you to answer this first because you're going to be the one defending a championship in this scenario do you feel this is the last time we will see two New Jersey che- teams in the A7FL Championship playing against each other?
4: Nah, nah, hell no. Why?
2: Why do you think that?
0: Tampa, Tampa was good and everything, but I mean, I don't know, shit different over here. Like, and I don't want to get on here talking too crazy about rare breed, but. It looked the way it looked in the week one. We showed up with like 16 people. We would beat shit down their leg. We <laughs> played them again, bro. Like.
3: But then they no. put in, but then they put in Rokeem Chaney and they started coming back. Now, obviously they made it look nicer than it was, but anybody that you was don't there. You know what variety um, looked
0: like in person.
3: Well, you know I'll, I'll, I'll ask is? you this, since you brought up the rare breed. There's a there there's some conversation if you if you hit the right pockets uh, about the rare breed and what they should be doing because of the, you know we were talking recency bias with Huff having you know, you know it's a subpar year making it to the championship throwing for over 25 touchdowns you know he's taking a step back, um, if you're let's say. BIC is not allowed to perform because you guys are just so nice. It's just like, look, it's not even fair, guys. You guys go play the YouTube guys and all that. You're making the decision for the rare breed for who plays and starts a quarterback, plays the entire game. Your options are OG Buck, Lenny Manziel. You have to you win the game to save
4: your life. The con-
0: you need got to finish it, bro. Because
3: uh, who I are you picking man. to I start and play Lenny the whole Manziel. game?
0: He cool as hell. I love him. But bro, and he's a really um, good
3: quarterback too, by the
0: way. I don't yeah, that's that's cool and everything, but bro. If Buck didn't have two bad games, the last two playoff games, we wouldn't be having this conversation. He was lighting it up all season. He was lighting it up last season. When I came in, Buck was that man. I ain't like I knew Huff, but first week played buck played Buck. It was rainy. I ain't think nothing of him. And I started following him throughout the season. He was lighting it up. Come back with a new, well, not a new team, but you know, come back with a super team. She was looking scary. Yeah. Like if he didn't, if he didn't have them hiccups in the last couple of games, we really wouldn't be saying this. Like and Lenny, like I say, Lenny is good. but Bucket, Bucket's that dude, yo. Like if, he's smart as hell. He he throw good. Trying passes, to tell people he's fast enough, and and he got some size on him. Like you catch him on the sideline, think he running out of bounds? He's gonna he's gonna
2: show ass. He is one of the best athletes I've seen in this league. But, Steri, if you were in this conversation, if the conversation was, like, let's say you were a OG Buck and you were hearing this conversation, you were hearing whispers in the background, would you reach out to a Gators or would you reach out to a DC Buzz or reach out to another team and say, I don't like the fact that this is going on. I need to prove myself as the QB1 here, and leave no doubt out, leave no doubt in anybody's mind. And- Would
3: you
0: pull a Corey Hammond with actual skill? <laughs> you know, I mean, it's three teams in one. I don't really know too much about you know what I mean, that in-house shit, but it's, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, think of it like Buck and Mo. I'm just saying that quarterback receiver, I know they rock together. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure Lenny and oh Lenny and Tony, uh Tony Totap, they rock together, you feel me? Like, cause if you watch the games, when Buck out there, Aunt Mo eating. When Lenny out there, Tony eating, you feel me? So I mean they probably they probably just need some more chemistry. But if you watch football, bro, it's clear that Buck need to be the, the quarterback, but I feel like they just need to incorporate Lenny a little bit more. And then what they're doing, because he obviously showed that he needs to play.
3: That's a great segue, because last week, I know you were a fan of the show and you were listening,
0: right? Yeah, no, nah, I listened to it. Or, or I heard you the- So
3: what's your take? You you actually play on a team with another quarterback that's won a championship, and I have the utmost respect for in CP3. I know you do as well, and he has even more respect maybe for you. What is your feeling about a two-quarterback system, do you think that it works like you're saying with it's like guys are just getting in for different moments, as Matt would say, or you're like Rob, that, you know, you have a, you have a go-to guy and a closer, or are you more like me where you have a quarterback, you have a guy that might do situational, but there's a reason there's a QB one and it's because he's your best option. Who do you align with more? Yeah,
4: I think my, spirit. wait, hold on. My point was I'm kind of, of trash
1: stuff. I didn't say you need a closer. <laughs> I got to clear that up because I got true that. for that shit. And I'm like, I, yeah, I never said have a QB1 and then someone to close the game out while the QB1 sits on the bench. I don't believe in that. What I'm saying is every team should have two decent to elite quarterbacks on their team because no team really in the history of A7 has won a chip without having two good quarterbacks. Whether one played or not, it doesn't even matter. You just need two. That's that's my thing with it. There. But
3: I'll ask you this Rob But then we'. We'll nah, but I'll ask you this Rob but then we'll go back to Terry. How many good, not great, not elite right and you don't have to name the names and obviously you can keep me out. but how many good quarterbacks do we even have in the league think because I think we could count them probably on one hand or max two. So for the fact that all of these teams we're, we're talking about snow tribe, we could even bring in you know other teams that were pretty close but need to figure it out. There's a lot of questions at that position, but you're saying that teams need to be two need to have two good ones. When going around the league, it's hard to find one capable one.
0: But I'll yeah, no, that's a fact. (laughs) Wait, but, but hey, Rob, before you go, let me say this though: there's a lot of quarterbacks in the league that one they ain't played quarterback in a long time. That was me last year. I just didn't look as bad as a lot of the other people look now, but. There's a lot of quarterbacks.
4: That's and, an understatement. No, for,
0: real, no, for real, there's a lot of quarterbacks in the league that they really are good. Like, if you watch their tangibles and their technique and how they release the ball and everything, they real, do quarterbacks. They're right. not used to seven on seven, no pads, linemen in their, like, immediately in but their position. You're no talking snaps. about guys Doesn't that have a the good season.
3: release and can throw a spiral. That's <laughs> one thing. I've, I throw a very catchable ball. I don't, I throw spirals. I've never had that issue. I've never once said, even when everybody else was after that that video game performance in your debut, where there was other, you know, announcers, I'm not going to name names. <clears throat> we know who it is, that were ver- having I, a lot listen, of questions I, about you.
1: Oh, for, I mean, hell yeah. Stevie came out first game of the season and ripped the team a new asshole. I, Of course. Of course you got to look at him a little like, wait a second. Is he the real deal or was this like a – you know what I'm saying? But by the yeah, end the of the people season, were, I was changing. people were trying to throw
3: shade on him because he faced uh, a defensive line that's full of six nine monsters that can play point guard, smacking him in the face, yeah, and, and was and everybody was Renegade,
0: like, "Oh, best D line. line I played against since I've been there." league. against
1: D line is something else, man. Mm-hmm. And, and if they not for some injuries, I, played, I think bro. they'd have been all right.
2: And uh, you know, before we got to get to the A7FL award nominees because I want to get everybody's thoughts on it, and uh, there's a lot of really good nominees this year. the The awards list is loaded. Um, Sterry, I was thinking about this earlier today about like those moments where you go, "Holy shit, this is what I want to do with my life," and it it comes down to those like. Those, those turnkey moments, those transitional moments where it goes from like, oh, I like this to I need to fucking do this every day of my life. Is there one moment, one athlete, one player, one thing that really locked football in as your passion, what drives you to go across, halfway across the world, play on a completely different continent, away from your family, speaking a language, that I am part German that I can barely understand. It's a romance language, allegedly. I call it bullshit, but that's it's
3: Germanic. That's it's it's, it's, G- it's German. It's Germanic. But anyway,
2: <laughs> but you, you you, what was that moment? I want to know that for you guys, Rob and Corey as well. Like, what was that aha moment for you?
3: Well, well let the champions go
0: first. I'll wait in the back <laughs> with my one with my one playoff victory. For me, oh, I, I played all sports growing up. So I didn't really, I didn't really care for football like that. But then eventually being good at it and everything, it was just the whole family played football. Everybody was good at it. Everybody supported me. And then my brother, my oldest brother, well, my middle brother, he was a, he was a big fan and he couldn't really, i say he wasn't that good. You know what I mean? But he pretty That's much funny. was,
4: <laughs> he
0: was having his career through me. You know what I mean? So. He uh he ended up passing away when I was overseas, so I just pretty much been
4: playing for him.
0: It's kind of like a uh, like a little memory, you know what I mean? Because it's one thing to watch football, to coach football, but to actually keep playing it ain't nothing like it. So I feel like for me, that's what it is like. Cause once I stopped playing overseas, I was pretty much done. Like I not you know what I mean? I wasn't really tripping, but a lot of my little cousins play in the league. Like Ashanti's is one of my little cousins, so that's another thing. Playing with family, playing for my brother, so it's all cool.
3: Yeah, I I wish that I had a cousin that could run a four two forty, juke everyone out of their shoes. <laughs> that nice. Yeah, he he different.
2: <laughs> but but Corey, Rob, what about you guys? What was that aha moment?
1: Go ahead, Rob, with um, your chip. Yeah, no, no worry with my two chips. Thanks, but um. Uh, the aha moment—it's—it's kind of weird. My aha moment didn't come till later. It it's gonna sound really weird. So 2014, we were playing. We, we, I was on BIC, and we were having—you know how Steri said—you know, beginning of the season, first game of the season. I know in the chat they probably say, "Bro, we went in the chip." Da da da. We're going to. Well, back then we were chatting. I was telling the guys, "I'm like, yeah, we're going to the chip that 2014 year," but I wasn't really. I wasn't really into it until like that year, we made it to the chip. That's the first time BIC ever has, has ever been to the chip. We made it to the chip and I wasn't gonna be in the chip because I was in Miami celebrating my, I think my damn, what, 25th birthday. I think it was my 25th birthday. I was, I was in Miami celebrating and I'm on that trip, drunk off my ass and I'm like, yo, I don't wanna be here. Like I just I just stopped and I was like, yo, I don't want to be here. I wanna go back to Jersey. They're like, What you mean? I said, Yo, I have my team, like I felt so weird leaving my team back there. Like we we grinded to the chip together for me to be in Miami doing what? I mean, granted, we still went I still went out there, we got our ass kicked, but ironically to the you, but for me, it was it was at that moment when I was drunk off my ass and I was like, yo, like that's it was the brotherhood moment. It was that bro, I, you know, Kenny, um, just yuck, and JK, um, Nemeth was our quarterback, Courage was there, um, laid back Jones, Troy, Scat. Like, it was those guys, like, I, it, it was in my head, and I'm like, yo, I can't be in Miami celebrating my birthday. I need to be at the chip doing something, like, I, I can't be here. So, I took the next flight out of Miami and made it to the chip on time. If you wow. could believe that, that's just crazy. <laughs>
2: What about you, Corey?
3: Well, I play for two reasons. I come from the completely opposite side, right? I play for two reasons. One, as a 35-year-old man that is just trying to make it day by day with my job and my kids, right? Yeah, I'm old. And I feel older at times. But my kids remind me how old I am looking with my gray hair. (laughs) But where I'm at in my life, there's very, very, very few times that I can test the actual strength of my will against something that seems at times insurmountable, or you know, I I always liken it to if if they let people nowadays joust, like suit of armor, big ass, long lance, run a horse down, like just stay on a horse, like could you get back up after the hits? I'm an insane person that can't be out in the streets asking <laughs> some guy rob size for a fight just to see what i got inside so i played the a7fl but also i play because i've had people my entire career tell me that i'm not good enough and i don't know we, i asked you stare now you've always been good enough but i asked you what drove you more the loss or the wins and you said the loss and i feel like all of the losses because i have like probably uh, like a, 10 times the amount of losses that you guys have in your careers, uh, you know, combined. Doubt it, but yeah, gotcha. Um, that's an exaggeration. Hey, seven careers? I try hey, to be self-deprecating. Careers? But I take a lot of pride in the, the, in the seasons that I joined a team that was terrible and then all of a sudden they were relevant. Now, the teams didn't take the same, you know, pride in that and usually cut me the next year. But that's why I play <laughs> is because there's a lot of people telling me that I can't, or I'm not good, and it feels great to do it right in front of their faces, and constantly prove that maybe not all the time that I'm gonna beat them in the scoreboard, but ask ask guys that play defensive line in this league, everyone's trying to take my dumb ass out, especially since I started talking on the games, <laughs> and at the end of the, and at the end of the game, my biggest compliment is that a big guy that outweighs me by 110 pounds can bench press three times what I can and probably actually goes to the gym. He looks to me and says, yo, there's something wrong with you. You're made of iron. Like I I always talk about my my best compliment is Big Mo Ramadan saying that, yo, Corey is not a human being. And I play because there's a certain amount of toughness you need in life. And there's no better way to like physically manifest what it takes to survive this shitty-ass life at times. And that was my first curse on these uh, R-rated park podcasts. I was trying my best, but I can't. There's no other place in the world that you can test who you are inside than to to, to, to suit up against the kind of athletes that we have trying to literally murder you because you talk shit constantly on podcasts. And I can't
0: get that without going to jail anywhere else. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree with you, too. And going off that, that's one thing I forgot to say. Like, I give it to you. You take a lot of hits, bro. You make the jokes about you and Mark Diggs not being able to run and do this and do that, but you also don't mention as much that y'all really be getting hit because y'all can't move that much. Like, it's a reverse effect. Like, yeah, you're going to stand in the pocket, you're going to deliver that pass, but – you gonna take that hit, right? Take that look. and, yeah, and you gonna, gonna finish the play. game, though. That's the thing is, it's a lot of good quarterbacks in the league, or y'all say they're good, but they can't finish a game, or they can't finish I mean, the full season.
1: You won't say, you won't say his name. I guess I won't say his name either. But
0: I mean, but it ain't sure, just you know, one person, though. It, it's like it's not just one,
1: but you know,
0: everybody knows. It's, it's one, it's one, one person, but guilty, there's a lot guy. of quarterbacks I've seen them get hit hard and they come out the game a couple of plays or they, they end on the next drive. You ain't never seen that for me. You won't see that from me. Like,
1: Have you, who's, who, have you even taken a hard hit? Sterry, who,
0: bro, I've who's been the hit. hardest
1: hit you've taken this season?
0: Week one, Cardo smoked me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh Lord. Wolverine, okay. oh, that's enough, bro, yeah, that's enough. Mad. Sterry, I Sterry, that's mad, enough. Bro. When Listen, he had I that
0: he uh, when he had that little helmet that he was wearing on, bro, that man is not. When he don't, even when he don't got that shit on, he got a
1: bald head. <laughs> <feel like> a <laughs> he home. got a bald head. Yo, I'm bro, good, he hit bro. hard.
0: Bro, he hit hard. He do,
1: he do. Cardo strong, bro. He
0: sure. hit me. Uh, Well, Cal Bone hit me hard. He landed on me. Train hit pretty hard. Bone hit hard too, yo. He landed on me. That shit.
1: Hurts. Yeah, bone, bone, different. Bone's different. Yeah, he's, he's athletic, all enough. All he he's athletic enough to he leave him.
0: his
4: leave ball his ball feet before
3: hit. you throw the ball, Facts. and then he landed the worst, because though? it's technically legal. Oh, the, who's the, the worst? worst? Bates.
2: Marcel Bates? Bates.
0: Marcel Bates. You want to know, know why, bro? Bates tackles so awkward. Watch, watch his if he got highlight. Watch his highlights, bro. He tackles so awkward, like he don't fuck around. Break your ankle. He do it every time. Ooh. That shit hurts so bad, bro. He just grab you and he just fall. That shit hurt, bro.
1: I <laughs> never, heavy boy, never felt
0: pain like that, bro. <sighs>
1: never felt that's a big guy, like that.
0: bro. Ooh, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, that was the worst.
2: Well, we've been Sorry, talking bro. with an A seven champion, but will he be? In a, a candidate for the a7fl mvp right now we're going to bring you the nominees for the a7fl awards it's myself it's Corey hammond big rob fabian and the quarterback of the trenton bic Sterry codrington and we're starting off with a7fl rookie of the year guys and there are three members of the bic that are up for nomination alex varardi trey cohen and big mook Traheem Duran. Are up for Rookie of the Year: Capri Bibbs from Santa Monica Vibe, Curtis Jones from the Las Vegas Force, Seth Chambers from the Covington Heist, who had one hell of a game in his Game of the Week debut. Definitely, playing definitely game, had a great game. And Leandre Parish from the DC Buzz. Now we don't, we've not seen a lot of game tape of Leandre Parish and Capri Bibbs. But we've seen Curtis Jones and we've seen Seth Chambers. They put on some epic performances. But for me, the A7FL Rookie of the Year definitely will be going to Alex Verardi. Really, really hard to argue against what he did. In the championship game alone, sharing MVP honors with Eustery, he had over five tackles for loss. I think it was like six tackles for loss, five sacks or four for five. And just a shark out there.
3: Just probably about thirty-eight mentions from Rob Fabian, which is 38? which is That's an it? all-time listen. A7FL record.
1: Bro, you you would think that was my son playing out there the way I was saying that boy' name. That boy, oh, good. crazy. variety Listen, that that boy, good. But just a quick correction: Mook and Trey Cohen are not rookies, so really? they are definitely out. Yeah, they are not rookies. Trey uh, Cohen did kept it. Was, no, you should have kept it quiet. I will say my
3: honorable yeah. mention because I think we all agree and, and Sterry's probably not going to, not going to go away from it, but we would all agree that what Verardi did in not only his rookie season, but especially in the championship game on the biggest stage with the most on the line, I think is, is really hard to argue, but I will say this. I'm pretty sure that RTC, the running back Wilkerson for the force was a rookie
2: and he well, may not be you, on, you on may the not short. See, yeah, you may you're going to not be no. on the
3: short list, but I will say is an honorable mention. What I saw from him in the limited action at the running back position that that's somebody that the Vegas force can pretty much bank on being able to build around, especially with some of their big offensive linemen. If they can get those guys to do some deep knee bends and get you know some some a couple more blocks on uh, the, the the quicker oh. defensive linemen. Also, Matt Ryan, get in touch with my guy, Coach Mack, over there. (laughs) Vegas isn't a bad spot. If they need a slow quarterback that's able to deliver accurate passes on the play action, you might have your guy. Lord have
1: mercy. Lord have mercy. This this this
3: wouldn't be three-on-one if I didn't just have Uh, to just (laughs) disrespectfully mention myself. But point, point being, RTC, running back number 36 for the Vegas Force, Wilkerson. Had himself not only a heck of the season, but a pretty big impact, especially at the tribe in the playoffs. But I think it's hard to argue that Verardi as your rookie of the year, because you're going to mention one of these other uh uh trophies coming up, his defensive player of the year. I think he made it. So it's, it's the so same it's guy. It's
1: the same guy. As
0: rookie of the year, it's got to be Verardi for me. Is it uh is it like last year where it's defensive rookie? No, of the just
2: year? one rookie of the year.
0: Oh yeah, no, then it's Alex.
1: You have to, you have to give it to Variety. There's no, if you don't give it to Variety, this thing is rigged, and it looks nuts. <laughs> like you can't, you can't even, bro. The the oh, man, I can't, I can't speak on the difference he made on that field. I can't, I can't speak on it. I think if Jason
0: showed up to every game, he would have, he would have been close too. Sisson? on? Yeah, because he missed a few games.
1: I know people are gonna think I'm a hater, but I think Sisson's good, but I'm not sold on him. So maybe he does have to come back next year and 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 run it back, so I can be a believer. Like everybody tells me how good he is, and I see that he's good, but I feel like I'm saying I, I need to see more. I, I'll just put it that way. I, I need to see a little more from him.
3: To put it technically, what Rob's saying is is that it, for a guy that's gonna be a deep ball threat, a la like a you know like a. You know, like a Deshaun Jackson that spreads the field and is 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 really tracking deep balls. Once the ball gets in the air, I've seen him multiple times. Now it could be the sun. Asbury Park is a tough stadium for a lot of reasons. Wind yeah, and as-
1: Asbury um, Park is stressful.
3: Once the ball's in the air, what separates a, a really fast guy and a great receiver is how well they can adjust their their route of of the the trajectory of the ball to where they're going to end up being at running at full speed, and and I've seen multiple times touchdowns completely missed, not only dropped, but he couldn't even get to the ball from Jason Sisson, so if there's one thing he needs to work on, it's his ball tracking, um, but for a guy as fast as he is, if he if he did make a couple more appearances, you guys throwing that crossing route that you guys do, and then he just catches it, and just gets, has a couple of blockers in front of him, yeah. that's going to be really that, tough that to stop if, he, if he does. It, and, and he was the one who who sparked the first craziest play of all time. Um, right, right with the in Delaware. And and honestly, yeah, just, just that he's play. part of that, I think that if he ended up you know, going back and forth and finally retiring, know, that's one hell of a year. <laughs> Cause he had a great season for as little as he played based on the injuries and what he was go- had going on.
2: And uh, we we take a look now at Defensive Player of the Year. This is where Trey Cohen and Taheem Duran are on. I, I looked at the list wrong. They're actually for Defensive Player of the Year. They join Alex Verardi and John Columbia from the Trenton BIC as Defensive Player of the Year nominees. They join Gianni Breland from the Vegas Force, Isaiah Alexander from the DC Buzz, Isaac Isaac Negron from the Patterson U, Seth Chambers from the Covington High, Deontay Henderson from the Tampa Bay Nightcrawlers and then you also have Nick Mays and Ricardo Freeman from the Gators and Rare Breed respectively this is a tougher race because we've seen great plays from all of these guys this year but when it counted it was Alex Verardi who yeah Matt you such a nice guy
3: hold I'm on let me ask you
0: something nice
2: though how come
3: JJ not on that list I think that Ricky Tate had a better year at corner than J.J. J.J. had a really good year. And a lot of people... Ricky Tate's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah Ricky good takes
0: but JJ, just,
1: J.J. found the ball. He had eight picks. That's big. No, yo. no, J.J. definitely found the ball. But, you know, the stats, they don't, I'm saying the stats get kept for the, the big, excuse me, the big nah, games. I know.
0: So. I was on the sideline. And I watched a yeah, lot you of know I feel you. But I'm just saying, like, Still gotta give him a little credit. He definitely found Yeah, the ball. I, I think
3: JJ should be up there, I, but I mean I mentioned JJ in one of the top one of the top corner performances in the year. I would definitely say that. But as far yeah, as okay, the impact on your that. defense, I think JJ was in the perfect spot where he's played his entire career, which is he's reacting. He's right. playing off of quick pressure on the quarterback, bad decisions. He's taking advantage of it. And you couldn't blame him this year. But I'll say this,
1: guy. Yeah. You Isaac. Though, yeah, you guys had a great, you guys had a phenomenal defensive back set. Like, there's no, I've never seen a defensive back set that good. I, well, I haven't seen one in a long time. That defensive back, Ricky Tate is literally one of my favorite corners in the league. He has the height, he has the speed, the attitude, the, the, um, gen- the gentleman with the dreads, your other corner. What's his name? Mitch. Mitch Mitch is nice too. Mitch caught himself a nice pick too. That that defensive back set was actually really and really then good. We got And hey, you can't two. forget Luke Bullet.
0: Was, uh... Leak was going through personal stuff, and then Bullet got hurt. Bullet, Bullet got hurt and person. got surgery.
1: Bullet's a monster. Bullet
0: yeah, he wanted to. Bullet probably leads the
3: A7FL in career picks. We'd have to look yeah, that no up. For these top three. He, really allows, Bullitt, he allows himself yeah. to
0: get beaten so that you throw the bro, ball at him, facts. and then he makes you pay. And tank. Bullet
1: doesn't even. Bullet hasn't even played full seasons because we I brought mean, Bullet in. Like, you feel he, me? He like Bullet's a nasty bro. corner, bro. He's so,
0: he's been in the league so, for a while. He know what it takes.
3: <laughs> Definitely honorable That's mention for the entire BIC defensive backs, but they had one of the best pass rushes. So obviously they got it. So for defensive player of the year, just get back on track because you guys are the best. I, I, I want to honorable mention to Isaac because he, he put on, he put on a performance Isaac for the U. Uh, Isaac oh, hell yeah. He put on a performance for his career that the stage at which he's at in his career, which is, you know, he's, he's a probably on par with me and Rob in age and, you know, years, you know, you know, performing yeah, facts. And, Kids, so- and and he had such a great season that he's on the short list of best players on defense in the league. And this is his maybe his is his what tenth, twelfth year playing A7FL. Yeah. And for the amount of sacks yeah. that he had, the amount of impact that he had game after game, that's right. saying something. That's really right. I will say this. Yeah. My guy for my guy, the linebacker number five, what's his name, Matt? For the Tampa Bay
2: Nightcrawlers. Say that again?
0: Now now number four. Yo, he's a dog. Number four. The linebacker,
2: that's his name. That's Deontay Henderson. Deontay Henderson. Henderson. He He had had one of the best form tackles I've
3: ever seen in the A7FL. And he was sideline to sideline, involved in everything. At times, the only reason that the rare breed couldn't figure out what to do on defense because he was everywhere. He
1: was in every tackle. Every tackle
3: I voted and I, and I, and I have a vote and I voted, I I voted again for Alex Verardi because not only did he have the strength to get around guys, the speed to get around the, the stronger guys, he had the motor that even if he was blocked for two seconds, that third or fourth seconds, he might pull a move that he gets free. And still disrupts the play. So he was involved in every major play it, on defense, it seemed, in, in the championship. And over the course of the season, Alex Verardi outperformed on his own defensive line. Some of, if not the best guys we have in our league. And I think that for the type of special year that he had, it's it's crazy that he's just a rookie. And that, that if I play BIC, that I'm going to have to go against that monster
0: he's 20. Years old. Yeah, good luck Who to you. Who would you vote go for, good good you for you. if it wasn't if you didn't if you didn't go Alex though.
3: See, Rob's been killing me on this podcast, but we both know that I'm still playing cuz I want the chance to maybe play against that guy. And 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 Rob looked at that guy and was like, "Good thing I made the right move getting in this booth." I'm just I'm just kidding Rob. You're one of the best linemen that I've ever blo- uh, had blocked no, Rod- I
1: don't know would have cooked my shit, but I'm glad I'm out of- <laughs> <laughs> would you go,
0: who would you go second though? After Verardi? For, uh,
1: uh, after Verardi? Play. Um, I'm not gonna lie to you. I feel like if we had more tape, it would be way too easy to say number four from um
2: Deontay Henderson Tampa.
1: H- Deontay Henderson, nah. it'd be too easy to say him. It wouldn't it we don't have be. Enough that tape. Easy. We don't we don't have enough tape. He gave a. he gave a varardi kind of not a variety kind of style, but he was involved in everything. Every tackle that was made. He was there, or he was forcing it to a different side. Like and he was I'll tell you what, Rob, plays. you don't think Cardo Rob, played earlier, like that? earlier Who? on in
3: the season, guys, when we watched Wolverine. the Tampa Bay Nightcrawlers play the, 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 the <sighs> QC Crush, right, Matt? Yep. And they broke the broadcast because it was almost as bad as BIC's, uh snow tribe. That guy was just as everywhere – against the, the ohio team rob that he was against the rare breed that guy is the real deal they have that the nightcrawlers had two guys that jumped off you the film you we were watching yeah, them and it was mark Bagley, yeah, yeah. and it was my guy henderson so i might give henderson, him uh, right love as my second vote just to honestly just to keep it from giving everything the bic or to you but Let's also credit Isaac and uh, Ricardo Freeman, who
1: not only makes plays Word, but that's that defense for. for the rare breed. But that's what i was going to say. You
4: know,
1: Corey be going crazy. <laughs> but the reason why I wasn't going to say Cardo, you know, I wasn't going to say Cardo. Only be. I have i bi- I'll admit it. I have a bias against Cardo. I don't. I don't. I personally don't think he's that good. He's. He can hit. I'm not saying he can't hit. I'm not saying. He's I'm not saying everywhere any of those things. For, but for the rare breed, I'm, you know. What I'm True. Well, and Rob, I, could, just, Rob I've could played against Rob, Rob That's what I'm saying. It's hard, like, it's hard for me. It's hard for me, and that's where my bias comes from. As an offensive lineman, it's hard for me to put somebody I know for a fact. It would take me absolutely nothing to block Cardo or Freight Train, guys that I've seen like that. It's nothing. There's nothing to block those guys. They've never made such an impact in the game. I thought, oh, my God, I'm going to lose. On the contrary, I, I went against Cardo and Freight Train. And, and they, they had to change
3: the team guys. name. They had
1: to change yeah, the team like name. Annihilated those guys. So for me, it's always hard to put them in higher standing. So that's why, you know, I pull my bias out. I just let it, let it be known that I have a bias, a clear-cut bias with that. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I, I understand why you would say Cardo, though, because that boy can hit. Cardo definitely hits. Both right?
0: Isaac, though, yo. With Isaac, I sure, yeah. last year, everybody was telling me about Isaac and what he used to do and this and that. And... I'm a I'm a big you gotta show me person like and he wasn't right. showing me nothing last year. I used to like, even last year he used to come to the line and be like, don't block him because he was slow as hell. This year he was a problem though. Like
1: Positive he another one way. come
0: back right, with me. you come out there like yeah you gotta account for certain things that he gonna hurt you like facts for real. He was exactly. everywhere his
1: chest. His chest and is it always hurt, out yeah. he talking. another one, like, He back. fell on me too. That <laughs> hurt, like. he's he with his there. chest What's up it? and his legs in the air. Isaac is
3: nuts, Isaac's insane. Bro. <laughs> and and uh, Stary, you never played against Pilato, he literally punched you in your face. Yeah, nah, you would
1: have fought, you would have fought, Pilato. and he played offense. Yeah. Like, what go do you go do? ask Kenny, <laughs> just go ask Kenny. Don't even, we don't have to start that conversation. Seri, get off the get off the line with us and go ask Kenny about Pilato. and you'll hear the whole thing.
2: But before you go, Starry, we the this is a list of human beings who chose violence this year. Whether it was running down the field or throwing it through the air, these are the nominees for the A7FL Offensive Player of the Year. We start with Anthony RTC Wilkerson from the Vegas Force, Billy Millard from the Los Angeles Aces, Dale Hathaway, the nominee from the Cincinnati Division from the QC Crush. Obviously, Mark Bagway from the Tampa Nightcrawlers, Rokeem Cheney and Marcellus Pack from the Baltimore Rare Breed. Mike Go make it from the DC Buzz and from the Patterson U Quattro Huffin at quarterback, and our final two nominees, Sterry Codrington and Ashante Worthy, both nominated for Offensive Player of the Year. The deeper you go on this list, the harder it is to to pick a favorite. For me, it comes down to two, and I don't know which one I'm going to pick yet. I have to study some tape, but it is one of them is the man on the line with us right now, Sterry Codrington, and the other one is. Ashante worthy and you talk about and we talked about this in a video package leading into the championship game and leading into the playoffs. You talk about quarterback wide receiver combinations in pro football a lot, whether it's Montana and Rice, uh TO and Jeff Garcia. Uh, whoever Gardner Minshew and whoever played wide receiver on the Jaguars three years ago. I'm kidding, but w- you in this league, it's been Huff and Moon for the past few years. But since 2021, w- Codrington to Worthy has been a combination that has led to six points almost every time the ball has been in his hands. And it's and then you take you take Ashante's three on one work into account these are the two most prodigious offensive players in the league and possibly in league history. So it really just kind of comes down to a few different things between both of these guys for me, for Offensive Player of the Year, and to be quite honest, MVP.
3: Well, uh, We'll start with Offensive Player of the Year. And you guys, the the only comparable, I think, combo that we've seen in league history, because even if you look at Huff and moon huffs had so many receivers he's just he's got just as many big plays with joel um in recent years as soon as pat coburn got there there's just as many big plays with pat coburn so oh kareem moon is one of the biggest playmakers in a7fl history they come in all types of different ways so when i think of it i think of woog and matt riddick you know those immortals teams that was a a, that was a, a duo that was putting up numbers that made Video games break um, if you put up those types of numbers. So, but so for you, Ashanti Worthy, Sterry Codrington are, are my top two. But to just give give a little bit of diversity, I'm gonna give a shout out to my guy, Mike He Go Make It. Because I'll just say this one of the things you do as a football player or an analyst, or when you're looking at somebody, you see what they do on the field live against you a lot of times. And in the past two games that I've had against Mike He Make It, he scored nine touchdowns last year he scored five against us this year he scored four and for the for the buzz to make the jump that they did from being the bottom of the maryland division to the third best team that's a team that's on a, on an upward trajectory and if they can put together a couple more things and, and get a little bit better in certain other places having a guy like mike he make it who can score at will moss over people at like five seven He's a different kind of player, and although I'm obviously going to talk about the top two guys in and in, in who I'm actually going to give it to, I did just want to shout out a guy who I respect his game a lot, and he's proven, despite whatever you say about him and how much trash he talks on the field, he backs it up with some seriously great play at the wide receiver position for the buzz.
1: Against bums, but um, yeah, let's get, Against bums. Uh, let's get back to the champs. <laughs> Um, the this is for offensive player of the year, right? I think it's yeah. a lot tougher. It's a tough, tough call, but not because he's on the call. I have to give it to Sterry because what Ashanti does on offense, he can do on offense, and what he does on special teams is special teams. But special teams, to me, doesn't count for offense, even if it puts points on the board. So, Damn, you
3: were gonna take with that my being points. Said, to MVP. We-
1: Ha, ha 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 But so, for that being said, that being said, offensive player of the year Who's for me, personally, it's nobody's kid. It's some little Spanish woman that's being weird. So. Yeah, I was about um, to say,
2: like, we've got Bachata <laughs> Rob with us tonight.
1: Stop, stop, no Bachata Rob. But for <laughs> offensive player of the year, I gotta give it, like, I have to give it to a quarterback, y'all nasty. I gotta give it to Sterry, man. It just, it's just the way his mind works, the way he puts it together, the way he puts everybody in position. To give them the best chance to win, the points that they put up on the board. Yes, it's a team effort, but without that linchpin, without that, without the head, it's gonna fall. And I have to give off offensive player of the year to Sterry, hands down.
2: And uh, what about you, Sterry? Yeah, Sterry. What what's your thoughts?
3: Who's
4: the about offensive
0: you? player uh, I mean, of the year in the offensive year offensive of year? Of, uh, for twenty twenty two? I mean, it's tough for me. I I don't want to sound biased, but for me, uh. I would vote myself MVP and I vote Mook or I vote Ashanti offensive player. And the only reason why I say that is I agree with Rob as far as special teams is is separate and um, Ashanti also got a defensive touchdown. I don't know if anybody really remember but we played against uh, I think it was the Animals and he got a defensive touchdown. He had a a strip sack. But for me, it's just, it, it comes down to the fact that, and and again, I love my cousin, but if we didn't have Mook, we'd win games. It just wouldn't look the same way it looks.
1: That's going to always be my point forever.
0: With the, so you, with the so amount of talent. Stories... No, no, wait, but look, let me finish. With Go the ahead. amount of talent that we have, like y'all say, Riddick didn't show up all season until the championship game. Imagine Mook. Is not on our team. He's he's not in the league, and Riddick shows up all season. Y'all still win. I'm winning. not saying this. I'm not saying it's gonna look the same, but I'm guaranteeing that we still win.
4: Y'all but still win.
0: Now, and again, I ain't trying to sound cocky, but if you take me off the team, they don't it win. Look, it doesn't look the <laughs> same don't. way. Yeah, Yo, you no, guys can't so, see because
2: so
3: we're not for, doing video. But I'm like, so he said, me. you take me off the team. I started, like, rubbing my hands together like, oh, shit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just, I'm just being honest. Like, I feel like I took at least the offense. Like, Kenny, Kenny definitely, and there's a, a couple other people that was working on the defense, but Kenny definitely took the defense to another level. But as far as the offense and what, what we've been doing and the amount of talent that we got on the team and how everybody got to get fed to be happy. Because at the end of the day, like you say, anybody can go to another team and eat. You know what I mean? But if you All can right. eat a little bit and win, anybody going to stay. And that's my job. And I feel like I've been doing a good job of that. So,
4: a of I, I, think,
0: I think for me, that, that I don't know. I think that's the most valuable player. But and again, that's a good. That's a good segue from
3: that to the next next award. I think, right? I
0: vote. You know what I mean. I vote for my cousin. Regardless,
2: and uh, that does lead us to our final award: the uh, A7FL MVP, Terry Codrington and Shante Worthy, obviously nominated. They're joined by Baltimore Rare Breed quarterback Rokeem Chaney, Patterson U quarterback Quattro Huffin, DC Buzz quarterback Mark Diggs, Anthony RTC Wilkerson from the Vegas Force, Billy Millard of the Los Angeles Aces, Dale Hathaway from the QC Crush, Mark Bagway from the Tampa Nightcrawlers, and the one of the, the only defensive presence on the MVP list in Ricardo Freeman from the Baltimore Rare Breed. Uh, I kind of have to align with Sterry here in terms of MVP. I think all of us agree on that. But if Sterry Codrington was out of the equation, I think Ashante Worthy takes it. But you can make a huge, huge conversation piece around two guys that in the in the term most valuable player and in the description that Sterry just said. If you take RTC Wilkerson or Mark Bagway off of either team, they are not making the final four, in my or the elite eight, in my opinion. You you are not, if you don't have those two weapons, if Mark Bagway wasn't under center or playing defense for the Nightcrawlers, that to me doesn't I don't they, they don't play the greatest right. game of the year. They don't, they don't right. make it to this next game. And we and if you have you know RTC not running the ball for the force, especially in that game against the Snow tribe, it, it's
1: now- they have no quarterback. And yeah, what
0: about else but what the- about Bree and Buck? You think Lenny? Right. You think Lenny could have took mm-hmm. them to the final four?
1: And this oh. is this is why this is why Serri, what you said. What the you Buck said is makes my, sense. I'm, I'm Buck still,
0: my vote. If I didn't, if I didn't vote for myself I, or Shanti, I vote for Buck.
1: And I understand that because if you take Buck, it, it, it's really if you take Buck from Rare Breed, what do they do? If you take Huff from the U, what do they do? And if you take Sterry off of BIC, what do they do? Who has the better season without I'll that say guy? It, you, take,
3: you take Mark Bagway off of the Nightcrawlers, guys. You actually could do that earlier in this season. He was not playing in, in the games where in, in which they started. Oh, and three, so they, were they were two and three going into oh, the no, Florida no, playoffs. And as soon as he was entered into the game, their offensive production went from about 19 to about That's 50. So it, it's a, legit. it's a really good argument to try to say that the night crawlers quarterback and, and at times he would go to wide receiver and have somebody else throw him the ball. Um, absolutely fantastic team. athlete and one of the best football players in our league if we did a draft guys matt might talk about that yeah maybe a little later but if we did a draft guys a lot of guys would consider mark bagway as one of the best options to start potentially especially in that he's a, first he's round a, he's a top three top four
1: pick he's a top but, three top four pick easy
3: but I didn't. I, I was talking about Mike, he's gonna make for Offensive Player of the Year, and said that I would pick one of the two of Steri or Ashanti. Because in my MVP argument, what I was gonna say is for me, the offensive player, the, the best offensive player and the most dominant offensive player statistically, because I think it's more of a statistical thing, than the MVP is more of an intangible kind of discussion. I think Sterry would be my pick for the offensive player of the year, Ashanti for the MVP, because what he does right. non-statistically on the offensive side of the ball, and Sterry, you could disagree with me, and you probably even know better, and I would even acquiesce to that. No, what he does no, in a I non-statistical situation. Effect on the offensive side of the ball is when you have Ashanti worthy out on the field, seven guys on of your seven guys on defense, and the rest of the 23 on the sideline are watching him and worried about what he's going to do. You put him in motion, whole defense adjusts. You send him deep, the whole defense adjusts. If you put him at quarterback in the double passy, he passy, he throw behind the back, the whole defense is still all eyes on Ashanti. So for me, not only does he have that effect on the offensive side of the ball when he's not even getting the ball in his hands, he's still the biggest threat and the and and the biggest attention grabber of the defense. Maybe given Sterry some other open options in the pass and run, but guys, we we talk about it, and the name of this broadcast, uh, this podcast, is the three on one, mm-hmm. because those untimed down and 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 moments in which you have a, a chance to respond right away to a team scoring on your defense. When BIC lets up a touchdown and Ashanti Worthy comes out there God. for the three on the one, the, the effect that that has on an opposing like an opposing team trying to either come back or stay stay close is so devastating. We talk about the play for the the against the force in which he absolutely decimated their three on one coverage team. That happens at a forty percent clip, I think. If you look at the stats because you guys don't always go with him back there. You give you give Cohen a shot, you give Ciz on a shot, you give Riddick a shot if he's down there. Yeah, I think I even once or twice I dude. saw you in a blowout back there, Sterry. I might I might be uh you know hallucinating that. Yeah. But that might have been last year. That might have been last year, too. But the point is, is that his impact, whenever he's on the field, it's that it's that oh shit moment. Yo, he's about to score, and he might not he might be running a fake quick screen. And you send another guy, you know, to, to, for the fake block and then down the sideline as, as him, as the decoy. Ashanti Worthy has so much of an effect on this game, it, it's astounding at times. And he would be my most valuable player.
1: And honestly, that's, I, I echo that, and that's exactly why, to me, it's a clear cut that Steri's offensive player of the year because Steri can be plugged in on any offense and do the same shit and dominate. The same reason why Ashanti Worthy is the clear-cut MVP because what he brings as an individual player not on offense he Terry's telling me he scored a defensive touchdown this year mm-hmm. he does whatever the hell he wants on he does whatever he wants on kickoff you give him a 10yard hitch he could take it for 60. you give him a bomb he could catch it over the best corners in the league he's he's just dominant
3: I'll ask Sterry this last year in the rain and I'll just get back off and let I finish. last year in the rain when you guys were playing the Playing the Cobras in that, like you know, what that hurricane. You guys were losing until what happened in the fourth quarter, one of the last plays of the game.
0: <gasps> yeah, he took it. He took
3: He, took he it took it the court. Court. You put Ashanti at quarterback, and he took it 87 yards, down six points to 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 tie the game, and then eventually lead to the to the extra point. So that guy's a difference maker. But you know, Steric. Washington had one of the best statistical seasons in the history of the a7fl and for the amount of teams and the amount of different states and different platforms that were on
2: i completely agree and stary thank you so much for taking damn over almost two hours of your time to sit down and talk with us you are welcome back anytime on the podcast hopefully you had a good time chopping it up with us
0: yeah man i appreciate it It was a good time We appreciate you. Let's
2: go, champ.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we're about to run it back.
2: Well, we're going to see if you guys run it back next year. I'm so excited to see what happens. In 2023. And next week, we're going to have a little bit of a look ahead at what 2023 will be as we sit down with Derek Duncan, the owner of A7FL Nevada. We'll talk about the Jersey Vegas rivalry. We'll talk about potential Reno options next year. We'll also hopefully have more about a new division coming to the A7FL. Uh, hearing a lot of rumors about more teams being added, more regions being added to the A7FL. And we hope to break that news for you next week here on the 3-on-1 podcast.
3: And, if and you- with Derek Duncan from Vegas coming back on, I might have to answer for that receding airline comment. <laughs>
1: uh-huh. I, I might not be able to be on the pod at all because Vegas don't like me. <laughs>
3: I think they're going to like me a little
2: less. They may not like Big Rob Fabian, but they certainly love Bachata Bobby Fabian, who's joining us on the I can't stand you. I can't stand you. I can't stand you. <laughs> That's
3: not another Bobby, ladies and gentlemen. That's not just another Bobby. <laughs>
2: And if you want to follow the I gang so. on social media, <laughs> our Twitter handles are in the show notes. And if you want to be a part of the A7FL, you have your opportunity via our friends at Start Engine. That link is also in the show notes. If you want to be a part of the future of football, if you want to invest in the futures of Sterry Codrington, Corey Hammond, and be a part of the next big revolution in football, I seriously do believe that this is the best spring football On the planet Earth, nothing else touches what these guys do on the field every single week. And being able to call these games and watch Steri perform along with his teammates uh, is a professional joy. And more people deserve, need to see what these guys do they deserve the biggest platform possible and ways we can do that is by you becoming a member of the A7FL becoming an investor in the A7FL go to startengine.com/a7fl or click the link in our show notes for more information if you want to vote on the A7FL champ on the A7FL awards go to a7fl.com or in the show notes below we will have all the info for you on how you can vote in these awards and we want to say so long, Afida, goodbye. Then we'll be back with you next week for another edition of the three-on-one podcast. Be safe, be well, don't be a jerk-off. Uh-oh.